You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. Here's your host, John Chapman. Welcome to a spooky edition of the 49ers Rush Podcast. Happy Halloween, everybody. We are recording this at 1.46 on Saturday. Now you ask, why so late of a broadcast? Well, thank you, Kyle Shanahan, for this. Uh, (laughs) He did not want to tip his hand until the very last possible minute um, with who was going to be active and who wasn't. And so because of that, guess what? Uh, This is where we are. Uh, Literally minutes ago, he released um, who's going to be active and who's not. And we've had a lot of movement today, a whole lot of movement. So we're going to be going over that for both teams because Seattle did the exact same thing. And man, they kind of, Seattle went behind enemy lines. Not going to lie. It's, it's downright disrespectful what they did. Uh, but shout out to the cap, uh, to the countdown crew. Tim Ford, what's up? Happy Halloween to you as well, brother. Um, here's the deal. This is the biggest week. This is week priority number one. When the schedule release took place, It was, what is the most important game on the entire docket? All 16 games. This is it. At Seattle. At Seattle. We are here. This is where we want to be. We're moving into this. Things are trending upwards. We're back-to-back game wins. Seattle's coming off a loss, their only loss. So what we're going to be going over, we're going to be covering their offense. We're going to go through a full scouting report of the offense, what they're good at, what they're bad at. Defense, what they're good at, bad at. Matchups to watch for. Of course, we have our bets of the week, as we always do on this episode. And then we're going to finish it up with predictions. We've got clips from... Lots of different people. Kyle Shanahan will hear from multiple times today. And Fred Warner, because this is the game. This is the game. This is it. Um, You got to love the feeling. Go back to the loss versus Miami, which seems like a decade ago, right? When we were in that situation, it almost seemed like everything was lost. You fast forward, you get a couple wins, you correct some things, you blow out the Patriots on the road. 
now things, the tides have turned. The NFL, things they kind of adjust. <laughs> they get to where they need to be. But let's talk about Seattle. What have they done to get to where they are? They're 5-1 and one currently. Already had their bye week. And they're the number two seed currently in the NFC. Now their wins, we're going to have a lot of common opponents here. Their wins were against the Falcons, the Patriots, who we played, the Cowboys, Dolphins, who we played, and the Vikings. Now, one, a win in the NFL is value, period. That's all there is. You don't control your schedule. If you win, you win. But whenever you look at these five teams that the, the Seahawks have defeated, their combined record is 10 and 18. 10 and 18. That's it. And all but one of those games, the Falcons, were a one possession game. So should Seattle be mentioned as one of the top teams in the NFL? Yeah, they should. However, their toughest matchup that they have had all year is this week. You could say the exact same thing for the 49ers. Right, If you combine the 49ers win-loss ratio of the teams they beat, it's not very good either. Uh, especially with the Jets and the Giants in there, that's going to throw it off. But there is a commonality between these two teams. They have both lost to the Arizona Cardinals. Last week, Seattle lost, which was probably the game of the week in overtime, 37-34. to Back and forth, you know, the, the Seattle Seahawks were in control of the entire game through turnovers and just failing to, you know, move the ball down the field at the end of the game. They end up losing, which was awesome. And now the 49ers are two spots out, two games. That's it. Two games out of first place. You get this win. You're one game out of first in the NFC West, the toughest division in football. All right. Let's jump over now. Let's talk about some injuries, and we'll be going through some questions, you know, as we chit-chat and as we go through this. That's fine. So make sure you just tag me. Uh, I would appreciate that. So right off the bat, there are so many questionable calls out there. The news just came down that Tevin Coleman and Kwan Williams are active off of IR. So they're back. So we have Tevin Coleman. We have Kwan Williams. We could spend 20 minutes just talking about these two players. Number one, Kevin Williams, and I was talking with Tim about this, Tim Ford, good friend and listener. Uh, he, he said, and I agree with him, this game kind of depends on Kwan Williams, Shark, because he is the best in the NFL at shutting down one of the best wide receivers, Tyler Lockett, who leads the NFL in touchdowns with seven. But if you look back at the games where Tyler Lockett and Kwan Williams have played against each other, Kwan Williams has dominated that matchup. So we needed him back this week, and we do get him. That's huge. So if you just look at our secondary, we're finally looking good just from a corner aspect, right? You have your two outside corners, Jason Verrett. You've got Emmanuel Mosley. And on the nickel corner, now you've got Kwan Williams. That's great. Those three, no complaints whatsoever. I actually think that's probably going to be our starting three moving into 2021. Um, I love Sherm. But I, I don't think that they're going to be able to afford to bring him back. Now, Tevin Coleman, let's talk about him. And I'm very glad that he is back because we need running back depth for sure. I am petrified. I am terrified, in fact, that Tevin Coleman's going to start this game. I think that would be the biggest mistake Kyle Shanahan could ever make. I, I really, really do. Last week, we were hoping to see Jamichael Hasty out there as the front runner. Instead, he goes with Jeff Wilson, who didn't even get a full practice in all week. Now, the good news is Jeff Wilson went ham. <laughs> he totally crushed it, right? Um, which was incredible. And then we saw Jamichael Hasty in the second half, and he was great. Well, here's the problem. Tevin Coleman is not Jeff Wilson Jr. He's not anywhere close to Jeff Wilson Jr. In fact... 
If you look at the numbers, Tevin Coleman is the worst running back that we have on our roster. It's not close. He is average 1.7 yards per carry in a Kyle Shanahan offense this year. Now you can say, well, he's you know got a little bit less than 20 carries. That's fine. You want to make that argument? Great. Let's talk about another player that has about 20 carries. Jamichael Hasty. He averaged 5.2 yards per carry. Literally three and a half more yards per carry. Jamichael Hasty over Tevin Coleman. Now, I'm not saying Jamichael Hasty's better than Tevin Coleman, even though I believe that. The problem is Tevin Coleman has not practiced. He hasn't practiced. And so I'm pretty sure it. You know, a lot of my predictions that we're going to get to later in the game, they're a little vague whenever it comes to running back numbers because nobody knows what the hell Kyle Shanahan's going to do. I would not be shocked if Jarek McKinnon starts the first series. I wouldn't be shocked if Jermichael Hasty starts the first series, which he should. I won't be surprised, and I think probably the most likely scenario is Tevin Coleman. So you don't know what you're going to get from the backfield. Kyle Shanahan kind of takes a play out of Bill Belichick's playbook and keep the other team guessing, keep the fans guessing. Nobody knows what's going to happen. We don't know. And that's why he waited until the very last minute to, to do all these different things. So great news. We do have K1 Williams. More great news. We have running back depth. Gosh, I hope Hasty gets his chance. It, this game is designed for Jamichael Hasty. Uh, please do not bore us with Tevin Coleman goes down on first contact every single time. We don't want to see that. Um, yeah, anyway. All right, moving on. More 49ers news. Doubtful. Quan Alexander got a couple limited practices in, but he is doubtful. I doubt that we see him this week. And to be honest with you, uh, very similar. Quan Alexander is kind of the Tevin Coleman of the defense. Aziz Al-Shahar, he's played incredible. Dre Greenlaw this game, he is the CEO of Seattle. Um, and, of course, Fred Warner, the best linebacker in the NFL. Now, out, this just happened. Richie uh, James downgraded to out. Joukowsky Tart downgraded to out. They're not playing. Questionable, uh, Contavious Street was was questionable because he got sick, just got downgraded to doubtful. He's not going to play, um, so he's going to be out there. And also, Jimmy Ward is also questionable, but I think Jimmy Ward plays. So we talked about the corners. Now let's talk about the safeties. Who the hell is going to be out there? There is no way Robert Sala is going to keep Jimmy Ward on the sidelines, and I think that's a gigantic mistake this week. Tarvarius Moore flashed, showed everybody how great he was, and yeah, I mean, one of the most impactful players on the entire team last week, and he's going to go back to the bench, and that breaks my heart. So our starting safeties are probably going to be um, Jimmy Ward and Marcel Harris. I don't think it should be that way, but that's what's going to happen. Um it's going to be very problematic if Tarvarius Moore does not get one snap in this game. That is a huge mistake. A couple promotions took place from the practice squad. Safety Jonathan Cyprian gets promoted for a second week. So he's going to be that number four safety. And wide receiver, the all-name team, River Craycraft. Here's the deal with River. Now, Kevin White's already been promoted twice, so you can't promote Kevin White again. You have to give him a spot on the 53. You can only promote players twice before you promote them and keep them on the 53. So that means with Debo and Richie James out, now you're talking Trent Taylor, Dante Pettis, and River Craycraft for punt returners, kickoff returners, and the slot roll. Your two starting wide receivers are going to be um, Kendrick Bourne and Brandon Ayuk. So the slot guy is probably going to be Trent Taylor, but don't be shocked if we see some Pettis and if we see some Craycraft. Um, now also Jordan Reed. 
The tight end that was supposed to be out for a long time, who splashed early in weeks one, two, and three, he's going to be a game-time decision. Um, John Lynch on KNBR earlier this week said, and I quote, he surprised us. How good he's looked this week. He begged us to get back on the practice field, end quote. That's from John Lynch, the GM. So uh, we still don't know about him. But that is a possibility. Uh, I doubt this week will be the week that they do that. Uh, I think next week, which is the Thursday game versus the Packers, I think that's when we see him. Jeff Wilson officially placed on IR, um, which you know brings our number to 22 players that have been placed on IR during the season, uh, second most in the NFL, only behind the Cowboys. The Cowboys actually have more, which is crazy. Uh, you want to get into some more stats that just show, uh, we all know <laughs> how many injuries the 49ers have had, but Matt Mayoko put this number out. 49ers have played 70 different players so far this season in the 2020 season. We've only gone through seven games. Last year, through 19 games, 65 different players. We've already played more people than we did on our entire regular season playoffs and Super Bowl run last year. Uh, just kind of shows you where we're at. Now, here's the deal for the 49ers. You've got two of the toughest, three of the toughest matchups all in a row. The 49ers have the Thursday night game. So you're going to play Sunday against the number two seed. Then you're going to play Thursday versus the number one seed. Four days rest. Good news is, after that, you get a mini buy Because you go from playing three games... And I think it comes out to 11 days, right? So you play three games in 11 days. And now what you're going to do is you're going to play one game in 24 days. So the 49ers are about to get healthy. You just got to get through this Sunday-Thursday matchup, which is going to be tough. So again, you got one mini buy. So this Thursday is going to suck. <laughs> Everybody's going to be tired. Uh, you're going to have to crab a whole week of preparation into no days off, but then after that, you get all those days. You get that 11-day off, then you play at the Saints, then you get two weeks off with your actual bye week. So imagine if the 49ers come out of this with two wins. If you go 2-1 and one during this stretch, it's incredible. One, because you're playing the number one seed, number two seed, back-to-back, -back, um, but that's going to be huge. Now let's shift over. Let's talk about the enemy. I don't even want to. I don't like these guys. Jamal Adams is questionable with a groin. Um, he has got some limited practices in, and he also got sick during this week. Um, you know, Pete Carroll was, he said, quote, a big concern, end quote, with the illness. So he truly is a questionable. I think that he's going to play. The reason why the Seattle Seahawks traded a first-round pick for Jamal Adams is for this matchup. You want him against Kittle. That's what they want. Um, so I think he is going to play, even though he's questionable. Uh, he's going to be out there. He's a game-time decision. Running backs. The, the Seahawks and the 49ers are basically in the exact same situation whenever it comes to running backs because there's three of them injured. Carlos Hyde is doubtful. You know, we talked a little bit of trash about the 49ers this year, um, but that's okay. He's not going to play. Chris Carson is questionable. He is a, uh, with his foot decision, he's a true game time decision. Joe Fan, um, who used to cover the 49ers, now covers Seattle. Um, he said he is a true coin flip game time decision. I think he's going to play, at least give it a shot. I doubt he finishes the game. If you've watched any Seahawks games over the past two years, you know Chris Carson goes out there in the first quarter. Um, gets banged up, plays a little bit in the second quarter, doesn't play in the second half. 
Wash, rinse, repeat. That's what's going to happen. Travis Homer is questionable with the knee. Another game-time decision, but he will play. Which means it's going to be DJ Dallas, the rookie, and Travis Homer. Those are going to be the two prominent running backs with a little bit of Chris Carson sprinkled in there. So they're definitely not there. Now, if you look on the defensive side, their number one corner, number two corner, Shaquille Griffin is out. Now, what's crazy is Trey Flowers, who used to be their number one, he might not even get the start in front of Griffin. Um, we might get to see Lyndon Stevens, who has seven snaps this year. Undrafted free agent, bounced around with Miami, and also uh, with the Seattle Seahawks. I think he's going to be the starting outside corner opposite Richard, uh, opposite Quentin Dunbar. So it's pretty interesting. They're banked up too. Nowhere near the 49ers. No team is. Okay, um, another cornerback, Hugo Amadi. He's hamstring. He's doubtful. He's their nickel corner. So they're down their number two corner and their nickel corner as well. I do. I don't think he's going to play. He's going to be out. But get this: these dang Seattle Seahawks. I'm so pissed off, and I'm a little more mad at John uh, Lynch than I am Pete Carroll. DJ Reed. DJ Reed. He was picked up. After we put him on season-ending IR, we tried to clear him through waivers, then bring him back. Seattle Seahawks picked him up. He just got activated moments ago. He's going to get his first start, his first playing time, with the freaking Seattle Seahawks against the 49ers, and it makes me sick to my stomach. We're at week eight. We could have had this guy. We, we definitely could have used him. I'm really upset that we developed him and let him go and allow the Seattle Seahawks to swoop in and get him. Um, I hate it. It bothers me. pisses me off. Defensive end, Benson Mayoya. Can't say that last name. He's questionable with an ankle. Safety, Ryan Neal. Questionable with a hamstring. Mike Uapati, another 49ers legend. Um, doubtful with his back. Jordan Simmons will start at left guard. So, man, you've got injuries all over the place. And the whole NFL kind of replicates this. But whenever you step back and you say, all right, who has the advantage? Who has the disadvantage? All those things. It's so equal across the board. Uh, Tyson, you asked this question. If Jamal Adams plays, how much of an impact does he make on the game? A lot. A lot. Now, the question is, how healthy is he? One, he had the groin. Okay, so his sprinting has not been up to, up to speed. And two, he's been sick this week. So he's not going to be in the best game shape. There's no doubt about that. So the, the idea of Jamal Adams being out there and blitzing and manning up George Kittle and all those things, I hope they do that because if he's not 100%, George Kittle will eat his lunch, period. But he is a huge playmaker. He's safety one. He's the best safety in the NFL. I think you could say Derwin James, but Derwin James hasn't played in two years, so I think you have to go Jamal Adams. Again, they traded a first plus for him for this reason. So you've kind of got to go, you've got to make something happen here. Uh, from Scott, are you buying the rumor the Seahawks are all in this year and picking up Gilmore from the Pats? It would make sense for them, but gosh, Stephon Gilmore is bad this year. I don't know what happened. Again, you could talk about he got COVID, okay? Uh, same thing with um, Cam Newton. Neither one of those two players have looked good since COVID. You talk about whatever else you want. Gilmore got his, he got his lunch eight <laughs> from the 49ers. They tried manning him up one-on-one -on -one with George Kittle, and George Kittle just ghosted him, made him look bad. So if you want, if they want to trade and go get Gilmore, that's fine. What he has put out there this year on film is bad. He's not even the best corner. Uh, they're talking about benching him already in New England. So that's how bad it is. 
Um, so yeah, they Seahawks, they want to go pay up and spend all their capital that nobody in our division has picks anymore. They've given them, they've given them all away. 49ers still have most of their picks. So we'll have to see what happens there, but Seattle can't draft anyway. So from a Seattle standpoint, it might make sense, but corners, not a weakness for them. Uh, whenever everybody's healthy, they have two great outside corners. One of them should be a felon, but that's okay. I digress. Now the history of the matchup with the 49ers and the Seahawks is interesting. Because Seattle leads this division. They went on that tear, you know, during the horrible 49ers years with Chip Kelly and Tom Sula and all those things. They they went on a tear. Seattle leads the series 26 to 17, one of the most lopsided series the 49ers have with anybody. So they have that. Now the 49ers have won two of the last three games, and there's just something that happens where every single time these two teams play each other, it's super close. Here's the head coach himself, Kyle Shanahan, talking about why the games are always so close between the 49ers and Seahawks. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure we'll mention him more to him. I didn't talk to him today about the Seahawks, but I'll start doing that on Wednesday when they get here. Um, I mean, our guys, they're very familiar with that. I mean, most people in the league know that. I mean, any game that Russell Wilson's in, I mean, no matter what happens, they have a chance. And I think that's why you see so many weird endings that because um, he can always pull something out of the bag and uh, pull something off crazy. So um, we've seen that a number over our years. Um, I know people have been seeing that from him and their team since they've gotten in the league, and you saw another one last night. So our players are ready for it. It's always going to come down to the wire, uh, regardless how that first half goes with the third quarter, and that's what you got to expect. And you try to expect that in every game, um, so you're never surprised by it. But it, you're right, it happens uh, a lot more with the Seahawks than it does everyone else. Yeah, I think he kind of hit it, right? Uh, it, it happens a lot in the NFL. Most games are close, but really it's Seattle and anybody. They have played the worst teams in the NFL, and they're, they come down to a one-possession game. Now, the swings are huge whenever you're talking Seattle games. Again, it doesn't really matter if it's the 49ers or other people. It's a little bit closer whenever you're talking these two teams, but... Seattle, again, they're close to every single team they play because they have no defense, okay? Five of the last seven games between the 49ers and Seattle Seahawks have been decided by five points or less. Five of the last seven. Now let's go further. Four of the last seven have been decided by three points or less. It comes down to the last possession. That is the entire design of Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson. Keep the game close. Then turn Russell Wilson loose and allow them to do what it is that they want to do. Um, so let, let's go into now. Let's jump into some defensive strengths. Again, we're going behind enemy lines. What are the Seattle de- What is the Seattle defense good at and what are they bad at? They're not good at a lot of things. They're one of the worst in the NFL. But the one thing that they are good at is turnovers. They're first in the NFL. They have forced the most turnovers of any defense. They have 12 already. Also, they're seventh in yards per carry, so they're pretty good against the rush. Puna Ford, uh, defensive tackle, undrafted free agent. I really like that kid's tape. He just was super short and kind of stocky, and so people didn't like him, and he didn't get drafted. He's one of the best run-stuffing defensive tackles in the NFL. Um, So they're seventh in stopping the run, uh, 4.1 yards per carry. So that's it. After that, everything else is at the bottom. And whenever I say bottom, I mean bottom-bottom. So out of 32 teams in the NFL... The Seattle Seahawks defense is so bad. How bad is it, John? It's the worst. It's the absolute worst. 32nd dead last in first downs. So they allow 287 first downs. And remember, they've only played six games. 
Okay, 32nd in total yards allowed. They average, the defense averages 479 yards allowed per game. They're giving up almost half a thousand yards per game. 32nd in pass yards allowed, 368 per game. 28th in yards per pass. They allow 7.5 yards per pass attempt. 25th in the NFL in third down percentage, 48.8. Um, that's that's pretty bad. That's super bad. Uh, 24th in points allowed. 28.6 points per game. They're allowing teams to score against them. Um, every team that has played the Seattle Seahawks has scored over 23 points. Every single team. And they played against some really bad teams. Doesn't matter. This defense can't stop people. They have only forced four punts all season. That's it. The Seahawks, four punts out of six games. Um, it's bad. <laughs> they only have nine sacks on the year and one quarterback hit. They didn't have one against the Cardinals. So I understand that the 49ers are frustrated with our pass rush, the 49ers pass rush, because we saw what it could be, right? And when we saw what it could be in 2019 and it didn't return in 2020, it's frustrating because you know what it could be, and then it was gone, injuries, whatever else. They're way worse. <laughs> they're, they're so bad. Not one quarterback hit versus Kyler Murray. Not one. Um, and Arizona has a very poor offensive line. So that's their defense. And really the strength of their defense and why, you know, I call this game the number one most important game for the 49ers as the schedule was announced is this. Very simple. The 12th man is a big deal. The crowd is a big deal there. But guess what? Because of COVID, there is no, there, there's no fans. There's nothing there. So because of that, that makes it even harder on their defense, which they rely on for, you know, not being able to get the right audibles, the calls, uh, the opposing offenses rushing to the line, all those different things. Well, that's not going to happen. So, you know, that's another thing that they have missed and they won't have. It's another benefit to the offense. The 49ers offense should eat. All day. They might not be able to run the ball 30-plus times like you want to do, but it doesn't matter. You'll be able to throw the ball just fine. Yeah, I understand Debo Samuel's out, and that hurts big time. That is such a huge blow um, because he's just so dynamic. He opens up the run game, the pass game, blocking, energy level. All those things are huge, but this offense is not dependent upon Debo. Um, I, I just don't believe that's the case. And so I still think there's going to be a lot of movement offensively. Now, the scheme that Seattle runs, it's ours. It's the exact same as ours. Uh, it's basically what it is. And yeah, the numbers sound bad, but Kyle Shanahan mentioned this, and I'm going to turn to him now. Tell us about the Seattle defense in light of all these terrible numbers and how they're dead last in so many categories. Here's what Kyle Shanahan had to say. A lot of yards. I, I know their numbers are real bad, but um, the numbers don't tell the whole story. I mean, the way their offense is playing, their offense is playing as good as an offense I've seen, um, putting up the points they're putting up, putting up the yards. Um, whenever you do have an offense playing like that, usually the opposing offense is trying to play a lot of catch-up and stuff, and they're doing a lot of aggressive things, and they've given up some explosives, which – um, gets the yards going, but you know they're still third in the league in turnovers, um, which means they cause a lot of problems. Um, they haven't had all their players out there, um, which I know that'll help when they get them back, and I'm fully expecting them to get those guys back this week. Um, but I see some good players. I know you, we know how good their coaches are. Um, I just think that's how it's gone a little bit with the balance of their games, but um, they're playing good enough to win, and that's that's why they've only lost one. And I don't think the numbers tell the whole story.
Yeah, I, I think they kind of designed their team just to be out there <laughs> defensively and try to get turnovers. That's really all they care about. Their entire mindset is this. If we force two to three turnovers, we win the game because our offense scores so many points. So we just have to stop them with turnovers just a few times. That's it. That's it. Now, their blitzing tendencies, they're weird as hell. Okay, They blitz the cards, Cardinals four times, Vikings 13 times, Dolphins six, Cowboys 23. <laughs> so they're all over the place. If you look back to the 49ers two times that they played the Seattle Seahawks last year, it was kind of Dr. Jackal, Mr. Hyde. In week 10, they blitzed Jimmy Garoppolo 17 times. In week 17, they blitzed him three times. I don't know. I feel like other teams have shown you need to blitz the 49ers, but with the past two games, now this is key. Will Kyle Shanahan continue this quick, up-tempo pace of getting the ball out two and a half seconds or less? If you do that, the 49ers can win every single game. There's no doubt about that. The offense works. This defense is not one that's going to put a lot of pressure, so you could do a little bit more play action, seven-step drop back, delayed, try to take deep shots. That is an option that is there, but we'll have to see what happens. We'll have to see what the game plan is. Obviously, you want to establish the run. You can run against this team, but probably not with Tevin Coleman. I, I, I'm just going to be, I'm going to warn you guys, for those of you that follow me on Twitter during the games, you're going to get some four-letter words if Tevin Coleman trots out there with the first series. Now, hopefully, I'm wrong, and Jermichael Hasty is the guy. Or, let's say they do put out Tevin Coleman. He is successful. Um, he doesn't go out there with that two yards per carry crap. He actually can break some tackles. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm skeptical, but I, 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 want to, I want to be wrong. I want to be wrong. Um, anyway. Players to watch out for on this defense. Man, it's so funny because they're built so similar on offense and defense. They have some superstars, and then they just got a bunch of guys that they just kind of throw together. So players to watch out for, their safeties are phenomenal. Uh, absolutely insanity. Uh, you got Jamal Adams, if he plays, and Quandre Diggs. Quandre Diggs has two interceptions and one pass breakup. He hasn't even allowed a touchdown. Then you look at their linebackers. Excellent linebackers. Bobby Wagner, we all know. K.J. Wright's having the best year of his entire career. K.J. Wright as the will linebacker, three pass breakups, one interception, but he has missed six tackles. First round pick they spent on Jordan Brooks, linebacker out of TCU. We might see him much more this week because their nickel corners are all banged up. So they might stay in the 4-3 base personnel. Again, they run the very similar defense to us, and they have one solid corner, Quentin Dunbar, uh, who they traded from Washington. So that's it. After that, there's nothing. Notice, I didn't mention anybody on their defensive line because there's not really anybody. Puna Ford can stop the run, but again, he's a situational run defender. He's not very good against the pass rush. Um, their D-line is suspect at best. At best. That's putting it kindly. They do have Bruce Irvin, but he's long in the tooth. He hasn't been very flash whatever. He, he hasn't been much at all. The 49ers O-line should be just fighting pass pro. I think you'll be able to put a lot of people out on routes and as long as you get the ball out quick. Now, you don't want to overcompensate and just say, look, we're going to go back to our old system. I think that would be a huge mistake. The 2020 49ers offense has proven two and a half seconds or less great success. I, have, I sound like Borat right there, right? Uh, but if you're holding that ball a long time, that's when things get bad. Get the ball out quick. Quick reads. They practice against this defense every damn day. 
Every day. They know where the soft spots are. They know what the reads are. They know where the exchanges are in the secondary. You can exploit this team. Period. That's all there is to it. Um, and again, uh, their, their D-line's bad. <laughs> the 49ers have more pressures, more sacks. Um, one less quarterback hit than them, but that's it. And so, yeah, I get the 49ers pass rush hasn't been that good. It's way better than what we've got. Now, the matchup to watch, O-line versus D-line. If the 49ers establish the run in this game early, 49ers are winning this damn ball game. And I don't know if you can tell the optimism in my voice this week. To say that this is a winnable football game for the 49ers, I'm underselling it. I'm underselling it. I understand, you know, the Vegas odds and all that stuff. I don't, I don't care. The 49ers should win this game. The 49ers should win this game, period, based on personnel and coaching. Russell Wilson, I get it. MVP, incredible. Their team isn't good. <laughs> they don't have a good team. They really, really don't. They've got a MVP caliber quarterback and a couple studs, but this is not how you build teams to win the game. Now, it is a division rivalry, and I do think it's going to be close. Now, let's jump over. Let's go to the other side. Let's talk about that damn offense for the Seattle Seahawks, which is insanity. Uh, it's good. Russell Wilson, really, really good. All right, here's Coach Kyle Shanahan talking about Russell Wilson. Yes, um, definitely. It's, I mean, Russell's always been the man. Um, and he's, I mean, you can't take anything away from their philosophy and how they've done it. I mean, they usually they keep it close till the fourth and then Russell kind of takes over and that's they're why they're hard to beat. And it's still similar to that, but, um, they haven't, they've been coming out right away and getting after people and throwing just a little bit more than usual. Um, they, they still have a run. That's the same. It's something that you've got to respect, um, that they can get after you with, like they have to teams over the years, but, um, Russell in the fourth quarter, um, over the years, it's looking like that throughout all four quarters, and not just by how he plays, but the style, kind of letting it go, and uh, the way they're calling plays, and you know they got receivers and tight ends playing at a very high level too, um, with Russell, which so you can understand why they're doing it. And he, he's right. The way that they've built their team, and I'm already getting out of order. They have four studs. They got four studs on offense. Russell Wilson, number one. Number two, Dwayne Brown, their left tackle. And then they got two elite wide receivers, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. The good news is Tyler Lockett has had his worst games of his entire career versus the 49ers and Kwan Williams. Now, I, I saw the question on here, and I think it was from, yeah, here we go, from Nick. Can our defense keep us in this game versus the Seahawks? Um, I appreciate that. And I like the emoji use always, Nick. Uh, strong emoji game. Yes, one, uh, the 49ers' defense is good. We've had one terrible game. That was against the Dolphins when we had our fifth quarter back in there and it just got exploited. But if you look at all across the board, we allow the 49ers the fourth fewest passing yards, the third fewest passing touchdowns, the lowest rushing touchdowns in the NFL. Our defense is top five in almost every single category that is out there. Our defense is good enough to stop them, 100%. There's no doubt about that. Now, are they going to get their points? Yeah. This is the second highest over-under this week of any slate of game. There's going to be points. There's points every single game. Again, going back to what I said earlier, every single team has scored over 23 points versus this team. The 49ers will do that as well. There's no doubt about that. So let's, let's just talk some numbers with what they do on offense. This is the Seattle offense. Most points scored. 
They're averaging 33.8 points per game. That's stupid. One of the most prolific offenses ever in the history of the NFL through uh, six games. Because, um, again, they had their bye week. First in yards, 425 yards per game. First in passing touchdowns, 22. Golly. Second in passing yards. Second in yards per run, 5.3. Third in yards per pass, 7.5. Fourth in first downs. Fifth in fourth down percentage. They're five of six on fourth downs. Sixth in fewest fumbles. They've only lost one fumble. Now, let's go to the other side because they're not good at everything. They're horrible on third down, which is crazy when you look at Russell Wilson's career. They're 31st. They're second to last. Even though they're the best offense, they don't have a lot of third downs. But they have a 33.9 third down percentage. That's it. I mean, these guys are slinging the ball deep nonstop. They're 23rd with rush touchdowns. They only have five. 19th with interceptions, six interceptions, and 17 sacks allowed. So the scheme that they run, and, you know, this, uh, we're going to go to Fred Warner here, linebacker one, because it, it, they've changed a lot of their tendencies, which we're going to talk about after Fred uh, kind of talks through the Seattle defense, or offense, sorry. I mean, they're one of the best offenses in the, in the league. Uh, you got Russ, who's obviously had an uh, MVP season thus far, um, you know, so we're obviously going to have to try and eliminate uh, the explosive plays because that's what, you know, their bread and butter has been uh, so far. And um, it's going to be it's going to be difficult. They have, you know, some great weapons. I think DK uh, is one of the best in the league right now. As guys, so much of our identity is wrapped up in our hair from how it feels to get after getting a fresh cut to the way it's perfectly styled before going out. That's why when we get into our 20s and 30s and start noticing the first signs of hair loss, it definitely feels like panic time. Because let's face it, no guy is ever ready to go bald. Thankfully, now there's Keeps, the simple and easy way to keep your hair. Did you know that two out of three guys will experience some form of male pattern baldness by the time they're 35? The best way to prevent hair loss is to do something while you still have hair left. Now... Here's the thing, Keeps offers generic versions of the only two FDA-approved hair loss products that are out there. You may have tried them before, but probably never at this price. So, here is why you need to go with Keeps. The treatments start at $10 a month. Plus, for a limited time, you can get your first month free because of this podcast. So, if you're ready to take action, and prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash 49ers to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash 49ers, 49ERS. Thank you, Keeps, for your support of this podcast. And taking that next step in his second year, Lockett's been doing uh, what he's been doing for a long time and, uh, you know, having – a, a tough run game. I know some of the guys are, are probably a little banged up, but uh, even still, you know, they're they're an aggressive team. And so uh, our hands are going to be full come Sunday. They're, to say that they're aggressive is an understatement. They chunk the ball deep. And we've always known Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson to just run the ball. If they just run the ball like crazy, turn Russell Wilson loose in the fourth quarter. They have abandoned that game plan, okay? So you look at tendencies – they have one of the least run-to-pass ratios in the NFL. They've been one of the most run-heavy teams. They're in the top five in rush attempts every single year, not this year. Their run-pass ratio, they've attempted 124 rush run plays, 
and 181 pass plays. They're a 68% pass team. That has never happened. They've always been close to 50-50. So what does that mean? They're changing the way that they are playing, and it's problematic. Now, without all their running backs this week, or even if they're, they do suit up, they're banged up, expect them to throw the ball 45, 50 times. That shouldn't change what the 49ers do on offense. Don't play their game. Don't do that. You're going to get your passing yards. Stay on pace with what you are. Um, now, I don't think there's any chance the 49ers get 30 rush attempts this, this week. 27 should be the key number. I, th I think that's huge. Uh, Fred Warner talked about how much they like to throw the ball deep. He's not lying. 15 completed passes of 20 yards uh, deeper or more. So the ball tra travels 20 yards or more. They completed 15 out of 29. Nine touchdowns, one interceptions on deep balls. They chunk it. We're going to see that a lot. That's why I want Tarvarius Moore back there because of his range, height, and speed is better than Jimmy Ward and all three. He, it just, it's, it's a game for Tarvarius Moore. Please, God, let him play. Let him play. Um, I love the 49ers coaching staff. I do feel like personnel is one of the areas that perhaps they are subpar at. Um, they want to stay with the name instead of who is earning it. Jimmy Ward's had his worst year ever as a pro. Coming off an injury. Now, maybe that can change. Maybe he comes back to two, 2019 form, which he was great in. Tarvarius Moore, better. And again, limited sample size. Tarvarius Moore so far has been better than Jimmy Ward was in 2019. I, I've said it. The reason why Moore hasn't gotten playing time is so many mistakes. We haven't seen those. He hasn't had those. Uh, please, gosh, get him in there. The personnel. Tevin Coleman shouldn't start. Jimmy Ward shouldn't start. Quan Alexander shouldn't start. Um, I know we're paying them. I know that they've had great starts. Stay with who's hot. Now's not the time to go back and not hurt feelings. It's the NFL. Not for long, baby. You put up or shut up. Um, I, 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 I know we're not going to make those adjustments, but we should. Anyway, players to watch out for. We already talked about it. You've got Russell Wilson, Dwayne Brown, DK Metcalf, and Tyler Lockett. Outside of that, there is nothing. There is nothing on this offense. Chris Carson's all right. Chris Carson's good, but he's hurt, and he fumbles all the damn time. Uh, you, you're never going to find him towards the top um, of any type of statistical category, um, you know, yards per carry, broken tackles, any of those things, because his efficiency isn't there. He's hurt all the time, as I said, and he fumbles too much. Now, what do we do with DK Metcalf? Because he's a problem. He's a problem. Here we go. Here's Kyle Shanahan on DK. And they even asked him, Leading into this question, what was your scouting report on DK Metcalf going into the draft? I mean, you could see how big he was, how he ran, um, had the ability to do everything. Um, you know, in, in his offense a little bit, they didn't, you know, he's kind of stayed at one spot. He didn't get to do as much routes as he's doing now, so you couldn't see all of that. And he had some bad luck with some um, injuries, which, um, you know, I think made some people worried. Um, but it's, I mean, everyone sees now. I mean, he's as good as their gets right now, and He's been healthy, plays hard, and um, he's got a, a big future. Wish he wasn't in our division. Yeah, I wish he wasn't in our division either. I still think, you know, given if you know everything that you knew then going into the draft that you know now, Kyle Shanahan still picks Debo over DK Metcalf. Um, and I think it's okay. You could probably make the statement DK Metcalf might be a better pure wide receiver than Debo. I think that argument could be made, but as far as a wide receiver in Kyle Shanahan's offense, it's Debo, 100%. Um, 
Debo can't do the thing. I'm sorry, DK can't do the things Debo does for us. It just wouldn't work. Um, it just wouldn't work. I'm not trying to say anything negative against DK. He's incredible. But this is going to be my matchup to watch. DK Metcalf versus our corners. Now, here's the deal. We're going to have our field corner is going to be Jason Verrett. He's going to be to the wide side of the field every single game or every single play. You're going to have uh, the opposite side, Emmanuel Mosley, E-Man. He's going to be on the short side. Last year, Seattle Seahawks loved that matchup, and they targeted um, DK Metcalf versus Mosley over and over and over again, and it was a perfect back-and-forth battle. DK Metcalf, I went back and watched the games. Here's the deal. Um, DK Metcalf beat him on the comeback routes and outs. That's what our defense gives up, right? Deep comebacks and out routes. We suck at those. However, a lot of people forget, you know, Drake Greenlaw had the play to win the game in Week 17 right on the one-inch line. That was incredible. But on that same drive, uh, it was a little post route to DK Metcalf, and Emmanuel Mosley knocked the ball away and saved a touchdown. That would have been the game. So Mosley had some very positive plays versus DK Metcalf, and it was back and forth. And I think it's going to be that again. I'm really not worried about Jason Verrett versus anybody. But DK Metcalf versus Mosley, and then the other matchup, Kwan Williams versus Tyler Lockett. I I don't think the advantage goes to the Seattle Seahawks on either one of those. I really, really don't. They're going to have some big plays. But yeah, you got you got to do what you got to do. Now, players to exploit their offensive line is trash outside of Dwayne Brown. Uh, the right tackle, Brandon Shell, 14 pressures allowed, four penalties. Uh, their guard, Damian Lewis, six penalties. The trenches, the 49ers have the advantage on both sides of the ball, and it's not close. This is classic. How do you build your roster? What does it take for a winning football team? Because the 49ers' mindset is we build it through scheme, offense, and defensive line. Seattle's entire thing is we build it through skill positions and quarterback, right? Uh, Russell Wilson covers up a whole bunch of things. They have great wide receivers. They have some of the best safeties, and they have a quarterback. They don't care about the offensive line. They don't care. And so it's interesting just the way these two teams are so diametrically opposed to where the talent, payroll, draft picks should be invested. Um, and so we'll see. Is it one on the outside, or is it one in, in, the, in, the, in the trenches? And Kyle Shanahan has to determine this by his play calling. Don't play their game. Don't play their game. Now, we're going to get into some Vegas lines and bets of the weeks, but I'm behind on questions, and I apologize. I appreciate everybody being with us today. Uh, but after, uh, I think, 200, it only I can only look back over 200 comments, so they're flying off the screen. Uh, so I apologize about that. From Blue Panda, hey, do you think we can still win if we have a slow start? Yes, um, Seattle's gets out to fast starts and they have allowed everybody to come back. Um, you just have to stay with your game plan. You are never out of the running game. I don't care if the 49ers are down 14 points in the third quarter, run the damn. I don't care if you're down 14 points in the fourth quarter, run the damn ball. Do not get into one of those games where you're throwing it 20 plus times in a row. That's not to our advantage. It goes against every single thing. Um, that the 49ers have built, and it takes Jimmy Garoppolo out of his wheelhouse. You don't want that guy being somebody that's going to throw it 50 times. It doesn't help. It really doesn't help. Um, from Kimbrough, 
What are the odds Seattle's Diggs gets involved in another dice game and it is unavailable for the game? That is hilarious. If you look at that secondary, man, they've got some figures in there from stealing watches and holding people at gunpoint to dice games to whatever. Uh, but it's the Seattle Pete Carroll way. Uh, you find somebody that uh, has questionable morals. He loves them. Um, it's just who they are. From Mr. Sanders, how are we going to catch the little man? What's the plan? I'm, pre I, I'm pretty sure you're talking about Russell Wilson, but Tyler Lockett's another little guy. I think that we kind of have shown what we need to do, and I'm going to my favorite player on the defense. CEO of Seattle, Drake Greenlaw. Big play, Drake. This guy is built for Seattle. He had his best two games of the entire 2019 rookie campaign, which he was an all-pro, rookie all-pro linebacker, were first Seattle. You know, I just tweeted out, you know, I, I all the plays that he made in those two games and overtime. He, he should have won both games for us. You remember he had the interception in overtime and the incredible return where he returned it like 40-plus yards, and then we missed the McLaughlin field goal, 47 yards that didn't even get to the back of the end zone line, but whatever. Drake Greenlaw gave us the chance to win both games. The only people that are going to stop Trey Greenlaw is our coaching staff. If you reinsert, oh my gosh, I think this game is for the 49ers. The only way they lose it is personnel choices. If we start Tevin Coleman, if we start Quan Alexander, if we start Jimmy Ward, we do those things. What are you doing? You're taking your youth, your excitement, your playmaking ability off the field. Um, and they're showing they can have it, and you're implementing people that make mistakes. Ah, oh, get me fired up. Um, but yeah, I think Drake Greenlaw is the answer. Our defensive line is not going to be getting a lot of pressure, so just understand, Russell Wilson's going to be dancing around. That's going to happen. Now, you do need to limit his scrambling on run design plays. That's key. Okay, I think our defensive line can do that. I really, really do. Cam Newton. They had Cam Newton to practice all all last week. For, Leading up to Cam Newton, they did a relatively good job. Uh, now, Cam looked awful and kind of got out of the game plan. But, no, that can happen. I, I really think you can stop this. Uh, they're going to put up points. That's okay. I don't mind. I don't mind. Uh, but go out there and make your make your plays. Uh, let's see here. Niner drag. Can the Niners gamble with linebackers and spy Wilson escaping the pocket of the mill? Yeah, you have to. And I want it to be the will linebacker. I want it to be Dre Greenlaw. You've got to keep Fred Warner in coverage. He has continued to prove that he's basically a cornerback slash linebacker slash whatever. I want Dre Greenlaw and Aziz Al-Shahar as my spies. Or ideally, put in Marcel Harris, who's probably going to start. I think he could be a spy as well. Allow those hyper-athletic guys, because here's the deal with Russell Wilson. We all know what he wants to do. He wants to try to get people overcommitted, then cut back inside and slide. He doesn't want to get hit. Well, guess what? Dre Greenlaw wants to hit. Marcel Harris wants to hit. Aziz wants to hit. Get those guys against him to where he's going to slide early. I think that's what we got to do. And so I, I think it's going to happen. Um, yeah, I, I'm really not worried. It's weird to say I'm not worried about the rushing from Russell Wilson. He doesn't like to do it until the fourth quarter anyway. What I'm worried about is big plays, which they're going to get, but I'm worried about big plays, and I'm worried about the 49ers getting out of their bubble. This is the 49ers game to win. This is the 49ers game to lose. It, it's not in their hands. 
It's not. I understand how they're the number two seed and records and whatever else. I don't care. The 49ers are beat to build this team. That's all there is. Um, is there any area Wagner does better than Warner or vice versa? Man, that's a good question. So first off, Bobby Wagner, I think you have to give it to him. All-decade team linebacker. Uh, he has been so consistent. Last year was the very first year we saw Wagner drop off. Um, and I still think that he's probably a Pro Bowl, All-Pro level linebacker. But if you are asking me who would you rather have in a game, oh, it's Fred Warner. Right now, it's not even close. The consistency, uh, the playmaking, he's not missing tackles, which was a problem for Warner in his rookie year. He's eliminated that completely. Now Wagner's missing tackles. Um, so I, I feel like they're kind of trajectories. <laughs> How do I do this? They're kind of passing each other, right? Wagner's kind of on the downward turn, and Warner's just descending. Um, it's incredible. Uh, it, it, it's what it is. But let's talk some betting. Vegas lines, the 49ers are plus three. They're dogs. Which, again, home field advantage does not exist. Yeah, the traveling sucks, so maybe a little bit there, but not three points worth. Not three points worth. Not three points worth. Go back. Four out of the last seven games were decided by three points or less. You're giving the 49ers three points? Seattle Seahawks can't blow anybody out because of their defense. I don't care if they score 50 points. They forced four punts this season. Oh, I can't. I, I don't understand it, but I love it. And I'll tell you why here in a second. The over-under is 53 and a half points. There's going to be points out there. Um, they're, they're, they're going to be marching up and down the field. There's no doubt about that. So before we get to our bets of the week, which I've got a couple for you, and our predictions of the game, a uh, real quick word from our sponsor. Unless you've been living under a rock, you know the NFL and the NBA, they're back. They're in full swing, which can only mean one thing. It's a winning season at my bookie. I don't know about you guys, but for me, a game is 10 times more exciting whenever I'm putting my money on it. And if you've been betting with us, we've been doing very, very well so far this year. So stick with us. Bet on it. Use all the knowledge that we have. And let's be successful. And here's the deal. Right now, they have $100,000. You heard me. $100,000 super contest for only $10 entry. 10 bucks. You can win all that money. They're giving away $5,000 in cash prizes every four weeks. You would be crazy not to jump in there with all your knowledge. $10 to win thousands, sign me up. You too can make up and sign up at my bookie. And here's the deal. Use promo code 49ers, 49ERS, to claim your 100% deposit match all the way up to 1000 bucks. That means you put in $100, they're going to give you $100. Rollovers will be included in that. And if you have questions, please call their customer service. They'll help you with that. But the NFL, NBA, MLB, they've got it all on tap. It's never too late to get started. And if you've wanted to jump in with us, now's the best time. Head to mybookie.ag, promo code 49ers, and they're going to double your initial deposit. Thanks for the support, mybookie. All right, scrolling through the chat here, and I'm loving the back and forth. We have some Seattle Seahawks fans which are here, which is hilarious. Um, because I, I didn't, uh, what's it called for the, the questions on like when you fill out your YouTube page, I didn't make it for kids because I know there's not that many fans, uh, because all their fans are brand new. So it's interesting. So be nice to the Seattle Seahawks fans. They're all minors. They're all young kids. Uh, so please be kind to them. Don't cuss them out or anything because again, I don't want their parents getting mad. Um, anyway, let's move on to our bets of the week. Four of the last seven games decided by three points or less. How many times do I have to say it? How many times? I want all that action. You tell me there's no fans in Seattle. 
There's no 12. <laughs> I love it. Absolutely love it. So I'm taking the 49ers plus three and a half. So uh, click on plus three, and then I'm adding half a point because what if the 49ers, what if it goes to overtime, which is strong chance. You kick a field goal to win the game. Three and a half points. This means if it does go to overtime and Seattle kicks in a field goal to win it, we still get paid. Um, now, I don't think that's going to happen, but I'm just adding that little bitty extra buffer, three and a half points. Um, you bet 10 to win 17.50. I'm excited about that. Now, teasers, I, I want to bet big on this one. Um, I'm pretty I'm pretty ecstatic on a couple different games out there, really three games. Now, with teasers, I'm taking a three-team teaser plus six. So, again, the 49ers are plus three, right? So, this plus six teaser now puts the 49ers at plus nine. So the 49ers plus nine versus Seattle, the Eagles minus five. This is the one question mark I have versus the Cowboys. Because here's the deal. The Cowboys are done. D-U-N. Done. Eagles got back five starters today. They activated five starters, two starting offensive line. They're going to crush it. Andy Dalton's out. This game's over. So I'm taking the Eagles minus five versus the Cowboys. And then I'm taking the Bills plus one and a half versus the Pats. Cam looks like he's done. Edelman's out. Nikhil Harry's out. Stephon Gilmore's out. I love these matchups. 49ers versus Seattle plus nine. Eagles minus five versus Cowboys. Bills plus one and a half versus the Patriots. Bet 10 to win 25. Um, but I'm telling you, I'm putting down a little bit more than that. So take what you want about that. But uh, that's what we got. Those are our bets of the week. Uh, hopefully you bet with us. Head over to my bookie. Use promo code 49ers, 49ERS. Double your initial deposit. That's there for you. Um, all right, let's do this. Let's get to our predictions and keys to the game. I freaking love this. Here we go. Drake Greenlaw is, he's everything. He will be in charge of Russell Wilson. Look at number five, seven out there. He is the comfort blanket. That will limit Russell Wilson's big plays. Now, not through the air, but through running. You force this team, which I don't think Seattle's going to be able to run the ball. I really, really don't. You're going to force him to throw the ball 50-plus times, which Russell Wilson doesn't mind, but you're going to get turnovers when you do that. One of the key stats of the game, limit Russell Wilson to 45 yards rushing or less. That's huge. That's a key stat. The 49ers defense needs one of two things, okay? And you can mix and match these. Two turnovers, four punts, okay? So what, what does that mean? You need two turnovers or four punts. So let's say you get one turnover and two punts, you're going to win that game because I just don't find a way for the Seattle defense to stop the 49ers that many times. Jimmy G's going to have an interception or a fumble or something at some point. Uh, it's Seattle. It's what their entire defense is designed to do. Their linebackers are the ones that scare me the most because of how they drop in coverages. That's my main concern for Jimmy Garoppolo. But again, if the 49ers defense gets two turnovers or four punts, I think we win this game. Also, Hasty needs to start. Gosh, man, I wish I could freaking call Shanahan. He wouldn't listen to me. He's smarter than me anyway. Hasty should start. Now, let's say Tevin Coleman gets a start. Everybody's pissed off, whatever else. I don't want us to be in a big hole just because our running game can't get going because of Tevin Coleman. Again, 1.7 yards per carry. 27 rush attempts is the magic number this week. Usually it's 30 or above, uh, but 27. You're going to have to throw the ball some, but don't get over eager in the passing game. 
Remember who you are. You're the freaking 49ers. You're Kyle Shanahan. Run the damn ball. We don't have Debo. We don't have the jet sweeps. You better get Brandon Ayuk in there. He should be involved. Um, now, running back-wise, I'm not sure who's going to get touches between Jarek McKinnon, Tevin Coleman, and Hasty. If I had it my way, Hasty would have 20 carries. Uh, get Jarek McKinnon maybe three to four carries and you know three to four pass attempts, and you get Tevin Coleman about five to six carries. That'd be amazing. That put us above 30. I don't think it's going to happen that way. Jimmy's going to make his mistakes. Remember, the Cardinals had two turnovers and still won. So be aggressive. Be aggressive. Be aggressive. Go attack on third and fourth down. Don't be scared to run on third down. Even if it's third and 10, you can still run the ball as long as you're planning to go forward on fourth down. Go forward on fourth down. You have to maximize all possessions this week. Field position doesn't mean jack squat. Not versus the Seattle offense. It really, really doesn't. You have to maximize possessions. Aggressive play calling. One turnover is okay for the 49ers offense. Two, probably going to be a little too much. Ayuk and Kittle go over 80 yards receiving each. Receiving. Um, they're going to have to throw the ball to somebody. And I think Ayuk's going to have a hell of a day. Curious to see if Quentin Dunbar shadows him or not and what that looks like. But I don't care even if he does. Ayuk's route running has been incredible. Um, here we go. It's going to come down, as it always does, to the very last possession of the game. That's why I like the spread of three and a half points. The 49ers win with a game-winning drive. Jimmy Garoppolo gets a touchdown to win the game. Touchdown to win the game. 49ers win. They come out on top 31-27. to And I hate to say this, and it's going to come back and bite me. I don't care. I feel pretty damn confident about this game. Much more confident than I have in a long time this season. I feel extremely confident about this game the 49ers get a statement win and the whole world's watching and you prove to everybody we freaking belong at the top don't care about injuries don't care about ir the 49ers are the better team here the 49ers have the better coaching staff here they have better everything here except russell wilson i think all those other things are enough to come over the top so 49ers win 31 to 27. Thank you for joining us. We will be going live as soon as the game ends. Um, road games have just been a mess for Kyle Shanahan press conferences. So I'm not going to wait anymore. So when the game's over, I'm going to finish up my notes. And within probably five to 10 minutes, we will be active. We'll be going live here on YouTube and Periscope and Twitter. Want to say thank you. And as always, stay strong, faithful. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.